Uh-oh, it looks like we piqued your interest in the hideout. First of all, let me tell you what the hideout is not. The hideout is not for hustlers, for grinders, or for people who are looking for a shortcut to what the world calls success. The hideout is about growing as men, creating lifelong friendships, and having the time of our lives. Are you ready to tap in to the endless source that will take you from success to significance? The hideout is two and a half days of hiking, biking, and doing the little things that it takes to create lifelong friendships. I find that joy is nothing more than falling in love with your current circumstances and allowing magic to happen. And that's when we see growth in every area of your life. Have you accomplished your goals professionally and financially and you still thirst for something more? Has success in these areas come at the expense of far more valuable things like your family, your children, and your relationships? Alignment in business, strategic partnerships, and joint ventures all come from true relationships. The Hideout is designed to get to know people before you'll ever need them. This is not your typical mastermind. The Hideout is focused on the one thing that will fuel everything, joy. And when joy is overflowing in your life, you'll find growth in your marriage, your relationships, and oh yeah, your business. Welcome to the Kelly Cardenas podcast, where attitude is everything. Uh, on today's show, uh, it's actually unscripted. And this is a thing that uh, Wayne Freeman, I want to thank you out there uh, for listening and, and being my buddy. He reached out to me the other day. We did the first uh, episode of unscripted. And uh, what I told him was, is I want to go off the top of the head. Um, you know, I, I want to be able to connect with the audience and connect with every one of you guys that is listening. And... You know, I, I, right before I went on, I have to be honest with you, uh, you know, I, I, I wrote down three things and when I wrote down three things, I hit on those three things. We talked about it and, you know, um, it was one of those things where when I got done, um, Wayne, uh, reached out to me and he said, man, uh, you know, the one thing that I would say is I would call it something different or, um, maybe, uh, you don't script it if it's going to be called unscripted because you can't do that. So today, absolutely no script. I have written nothing down. Um, and I wanted to be able to share some stories with you. I wanted to be able to share some stories about, uh, about my life and, uh, some things that have gone on with me. But first of all, I want to kind of get some stuff out of the way as far as our sponsorships, um, our sponsorships, the ones that are running down across the bottom, you guys can see them on the ticker. Uh, they have been with us since the very beginning and we want to uh, thank them. We want to thank every single one of you for helping us to be in the top 1% globally of all podcasts. This means the absolute world to me. I think this is one of the coolest projects. I've ever done in my entire life, and uh, it has meant the world to me to help us to be, uh, for you all to be listening and to be sharing and to be able to get us into that. The other thing is we just became the, uh, got in the top five most shared podcasts on Spotify. But here's the actionable item that I need from you. Um, if you aren't already subscribed to the YouTube, if you're listening to this on Apple and you're not uh, subscribed to the YouTube, please subscribe to the YouTube. Um, it just helps out a lot. Uh, my, my son thinks I'm cool if I have subs. Um, if you are on Apple or you're on YouTube, um, 
and you're listening to it on that, make sure when you get done, uh, do a little review, uh, you know, give us a rating, whatever it is. It just helps out. These little things help out a ton. And uh, I haven't been asking for them, but I am now. So that would be a, a phenomenal thing. Um, so uh, I want to uh, start off with a, a story that, you know, when I was a kid, this was probably one of the most challenging things, but I didn't realize it until later because a lot of times when we're a kid and we're going through something, we just go through it and we just think that it's just normal reality. Uh, well, normal reality for us, uh, we grew up in Lompoc, California and uh, Vandenberg Air Force Base. And um, I remember uh, in, I believe it was 1985, 1986, um, you know, I was in fifth grade and uh, actually I was in sixth grade. So I was in sixth grade and my, uh, my brother's in eighth grade where my, my dad uh, ends up uh, getting out of the military uh, after 14 years. And um, for those of you with the military family, you know that you generally, if you're in 14, you just stay for 20, right? And so my dad came home and said, you know, one day uh, it's done, it's over and I'm moving on. And, um, you know, all of my friends were like, oh, they saw the moving van outside of our house or the moving truck. And they thought, you know, okay, so where are you going? And it wasn't that they were being nasty. They were just, you know, just asking because it was normal on a base for you to go someplace else or move to another place. And uh, so I remember saying, like, I don't know. And the kids were like, ha, whatever. Where are you moving to? And I said, I don't know. And... I saw them kind of step back a little bit. The kids stepped back a little bit, but then they kind of pushed forward. And when they pushed forward uh, again, they were like, no, 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 really, really tell us where are you moving? And I was like, I got mad at this time. And I was like, I don't know. And what I realized at that time was um, there was a little bit of fear in me because I, I really didn't understand what was going on, um, you know, being in sixth grade. I mean, I think I'm maybe 12 years old, 12, 13 years old. And, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where you don't realize the impacts as a, as a little kid. But the the cool thing was, is my parents had set a foundation when I was, when I was a, you know, well, you know, from the very beginning that, you know, that this abnormality that now I look at and say, like, well, it's not normal for, um, you know, a, a family to pack up with no place to go. But what was so great was my parents were preparing me my whole entire life for these kind of situations. And I didn't realize it at the time. I didn't know that they were doing that. Um, and, you know, I don't know that they planned it out. They sat down and said, hey, we're going to plan for uncertainty. But what they did was is they were constantly telling us that everything was going to be okay. And my mom was constantly saying that over and over to us, uh, you know, and, and when things are okay and you hear everything's going to be okay, you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know, just kind of move on. But once I got into those type of situations, although I got angry with that kid, um, what I realized during that time was that I was able to bounce in and out of certain situations because of the mentality that my mom and my dad had been able to give us. And, you know, at the time I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't thankful for it. <laughs> I wasn't excited about it. Um, but it was one of those things where, it, you know, it really set a foundation for, for later on in life because what I want to uh, help everyone to realize is that honestly, like none, most of the time, well, when I say most of the time, none of the time, your plans are going to work out. Like, Every time that I plan something and, you know, I have a business plan, I have this, I have that, 
Um, it doesn't work out exactly the way that I thought it was going to. Um, it works out, but it generally is the, the garbage or the byproduct of the plan that ends up being the thing that everyone's like, oh my gosh, how did you do that? And let me give you an example. Um, you know, so, well, I'll, I'll finish, I'll finish off that story as far as like, we don't know where we're going. Then we end up, uh, you know, uh, you know, having the moving van, my parents get into a little squabble. My mom throws us in the car. We go kind of into hiding in our hometown in Lompoc and, uh, we just sleep on people's couches. This is in sixth grade. And the thing that's tough in sixth grade is my brother's in eighth grade. I'm in sixth grade. And the hard thing about this is that you're having to go to school and having to be kind of cool, right? And my brother was cool. My brother was like the, the standout athlete, all those things. But, you know, I, I was that guy's little brother. But, you know, you got an image to uphold in sixth grade or so you think is that, that's that important. And here we are, you know, waking up at somebody else's house, um, kind of in hiding because we weren't supposed to, you know, uh, my dad wasn't supposed to know where we were. And, um, you know, having to dress a certain way or, you know, having to be cool and, you know, just being freaked out that everyone is going to find out, like everyone in the school is going to find out. Every one of my friends is going to find out that here I'm sleeping on the couch or, you know, my mom, like we don't have no place to stay. Um, and we're couch surfing in sixth grade. And so this was a freaky thing, but again, it goes back to the fact that, you know, my mom growing up until that time, until sixth grade, my mom would tell me every day, everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. And, you know, as long as we have love, everything's going to be okay. And, you know, so that was that kind of background. Let's jump into the business, uh, the business side of it, right? So, you know, uh, in 2000, um, let's see, 2006, um, you know, things have been going well in my career. I started in 1999 in, in the professional beauty industry. And again, that, that, that was a byproduct, um, you know, some, some kind of almost kind of garbage of, uh, you know, it wasn't the plan. And the, the plan is, is the thing that everyone's doing right now, right? It's January 1st and, and everybody's like, yo, I got plans and I got resolutions and I got all these things. Well, let me tell you this. Most of the time it's going to be the garbage or the, the crap that comes out of your life um, or out of the plan that, that actually becomes the cool thing that people, you know, that it catches. Um, I very seldom found a person that said, this was my plan. I executed the exact plan. And that is the thing that I'm bringing to market right now. And so let me tell you this is, you know, uh, I got into the professional beauty industry and uh, what was it? 1990. I said 99. It wasn't 99. It was 93. Um, but that was because my dad bought dog clippers, thought that we could shave the dog. And me and my brother, uh, we tried to shave the dog, but didn't chain it up. And when we didn't chain it up, guess what happened? <laughs> dog ran away. Well, we took the clippers, threw them under, up underneath a, a cabinet. And, uh, you know, a couple years later, I needed a haircut. Uh, actually, it was probably about a year, yeah, a year and a half later, I needed a haircut. And, um, you know, it was either get a haircut by my mom or get a haircut by my brother. And my brother was cool, so I took the haircut by my brother. But when someone's cutting your hair and laughing, you don't kind of understand what's going on. And when your other brother that is behind the brother who's cutting your hair laughing is laughing also, and they're both laughing and you're taking the haircut. It doesn't seem like things are going to work out that well. Well, that transferred into us being the only family or me being the only person on the basketball team with clippers. And I ended up cutting everybody's hair. 
So because I was cutting hair in the kitchen, I didn't sweep up well. My mom said, why don't you go to hair school? Why don't you go to school for that? And I thought, that's the silliest thing ever because I play basketball, football, baseball. Like, what do I have to do in the, you know, with a hairdresser? But again, here's the plan, right? Here's the plan. I was going to go into the military. I was going to do all these things. And then here's this thing that just kind of happens. And, you know, it's the kind of mess. It's not the thing that I was proud of. We couldn't afford a haircut at the time. So we just cut our own hair. I cut in the locker room. I cut my buddy's hair. We would cut and run. And so I started off in that, uh, you know, in that, in the professional beauty industry. And, you know, little did I know that it was going to take me to the places that, that I got a chance to do, but it was the principles behind it. So when my mom and dad raised me, they said, everything is going to be okay, right? Everything's going to be okay. As long as we have love, everything's going to be good. My mom would always tell me that you don't have to have any certain religion in your life. You just have to have a relationship, have a relationship with the Lord. And you don't have to do a certain thing or act a certain way, but make sure that you are in, you know, having a relationship and that relationship, you know, kind of grew, you know, as a, as a kid, the other thing that they told me is that they would support me as long as that I did it to 100% of my ability. I didn't have to be the greatest at it. just meant that I had to do it as, you know, as, as, as to my best ability. And sometimes my ability was garbage. Sometimes my ability was good, but it was my ability. And they encouraged me in that. And so I hopped into the uh, professional beauty industry, you know, and when I went, again, it wasn't the plan, but it was... Um, you know, something that I knew that I had to apply. If I was going to do it, you got to do it at a hundred percent. And it wasn't comparing myself to anybody, but you know, that's where we're going to get into that here in a bit, but that's where I've fallen short hugely is on the, the comparison side. And, you know, I, I may be, I think I'm the only person. So I'm the only person that ever compares myself to other people. So um, for those of you out there, I want to comfort you and realize, uh, help you to realize that I'm the only one. So getting into the professional beauty industry, right, you know, things, you know, started to kind of move along. Um, I was a pest uh, when I got my first job, and this lady named Fonda said, hey, you know, like, kind of almost stay away from me, whatever, and I just kept asking and asking and asking, and I ended up at a class that happened to be Paul Mitchell, and I didn't know what Paul Mitchell was, but, you know, and so, again, the happenstance, right, so it's not the plan, I didn't sit down and say, I'm going to go after Paul Mitchell, but it happened. And it was because I was doing the best that I could at the particular time. Uh, you know, if you, if you heard the, the proverb, work your land, right. And so I was working my land and opportunity came. And when the opportunity came, I knew that I had to do it at a hundred percent. I knew that everything was going to be okay. I knew that I wasn't going to be the best at something, but there was the plan and then there was the mess and generally the mess ends up becoming the message. And uh, so I, you know, I hopped into that, uh, you know, started working with Paul Mitchell. But again, like when you are raised by a dad that says, if you're going to do it, let's go. Then you study the number one people in it. You don't look for number two. That's a Deming process, right? Dr. Edwards Deming, um, you know, helped uh, Toyota to go ahead of America. It was an American guy who helped Japan go ahead of America in the uh, car industry because he sought out number one because he knew that number two couldn't do anything. And uh, realizing that number two couldn't do anything, I went after number one. And number one was a guy named Robert Cromings. And, you know, a, a lot of happenstance again. My uncle happens to live in San Diego right down the street from, you know, from Robert's place. Is this luck? Well, 
Oh, God told me this morning that, that he blesses me with luck. He blesses us with luck, right? And so, um, you know, he has a plan. God has a, a larger plan, and, and allowing that to happen was was amazing. But, you know, my Uncle Lou happened to live right down the street from where Robert uh, had a salon, so I got to move in with my uncle, move from Memphis to San Diego, and got a chance to do it. And, again, I had to apply the principle. You know, what's the principle? Everything's going to be okay, right? And I don't have to be great at it. I just have to try. And uh, when I go at it 100%, things will work out. Sometimes they won't, but when they don't, then it generally becomes a huge mess, and that mess becomes our message. So I want to encourage you in this because, again, the plan isn't generally what happens or what, what, what works out. So I think that I get the job of a lifetime. I go in, I do it, and, uh, you know, again, plan myself 100%. And I'm not saying that I was the best. I just was doing the best that I could at the time. Messed up a lot, screwed up a lot, showed up late to work, um, missed shows, got disciplined, all these things, but just kept showing up. And, um, you know, that was 1997 when I got the job uh, there in San Diego. And, you know, things went well. Um, not well every single day. I was a bonehead. Um, but you know, they kind of worked out because I kept showing up, kept giving a hundred percent of what I could on the particular day, still messing up, but then the mess became the message. And, uh, let's fast forward. You know, I get a, a chance to go to Vegas. We opened the uh, salon in Vegas in 1999. So 1997, I uh, go on with the company in 1999. We open in Las Vegas and it is unbelievable. Um, but it's unbelievable when I say it now, but at the time it wasn't because it was seven days a week, uh, about 15 hours a day, whatever it was. But it was like, just give 100% and everything's going to be okay as long as you show up and give yourself 100 or give 100%. And, you know, we build the place, things go well. Um, in 2006, you know, I get a call and when I get that call, um, you know, everything goes away. And... Uh, I got released. I got, I got released from my job at the time. And, you know, and at the time it's like, wow, this is crazy. Right. Because you have a life, you have all these things. But then, you know, again, uh, the plan was just to, you know, find out, seek out number one, which I had found him, Robert Cromies. And then I worked with him and right behind him and all the stuff and or right by him, uh, you know, next to him. And that was the plan, but then the mess. Right. So I get fired from my job and, uh, 2006, I don't think there's any other option but to start a company. And I start the company and we go and, you know, we build the company and it's been, it was amazing. It was phenomenal. When I say amazing, it was an opportunity to work really, really hard and lose sleep and make a lot of stupid mistakes and lose money and, um, you know, injure relationships and things like that. And, you know, but it grew and it grew and it grew and it grew. And, you know, we got to, uh, you know, um, you know, have many walkouts, five, six walkouts of people uh, leaving, and I have to take responsibility for that. And, you know, it goes, but again, my plan was when I, I remember when I first started, I said, I'm going to open a salon in every city where there's a Palmetto school and there's a hundred Palmetto schools. So I'm going to open a hundred salons. And, and I went and, you know, and we got to like seven. <laughs> and my wife, I remember her looking at me saying, like, you see the amount of work the seven is, you, we go into a hundred. And I thought, still, I'm charging through. That was the plan. And then, but the mess was, you know, was where the message was. And uh, there was times where, um, you know, again, we had walkouts, we had people leave, things like that. But it was my fault. I had to learn from it. 
and grow from it. And then uh, in 2019, um, we had, you know, what was our final walkout in one of our locations. And I had to, you know, it wasn't just because of that, but that was kind of a, you know, turning point for us. And, and I, uh, you know, decided that I just want to move a different way. And uh, it was, it was amazing because we made that decision in 2019 and then 2020, you guys know what happens. Well, I'm the dumbest person in the whole entire world because I get on a meeting on March, I think it's 14th, with our leadership. And I was like, hey, guys, everything's going to be cool. This, the world is going crazy right now, but in like two weeks, everything's going to be back to normal. Well, all of you know what happens in March 16th happens. Well, what my plan was is that we were going back to work because I had been through, uh, you know, I had been through 9-11, I had been through the recession, I had been through all these things, and I thought everything's going to be okay, right? And uh, it was going to be okay, but it was going to take a little bit of time, and it was going to change up. And uh, so, you know, the world shuts down, everything goes away, and it was it was challenging. You know, it was challenging for me and for my wife, and not only just the financial aspect of it because we were diversified, but we, everything we were diversified in went away in one second. And... Um, so we just kind of had to think, you know, we had to sit back and we had to think. And a lot of us had time to think. And the time for me to think was, you know, what do I really want to do? You know, and my wife asked me that on a dog walk. And I said, this is what I want. I want to do a podcast and I want to speak and I want to write. And uh, the crazy thing is, is the I hadn't had this feeling in a long time. But I remember when I shared it and, you know, make sure that you know this is, be careful of who you share your vision or your dreams with early on. The reason why I say this is because sometimes people don't understand and it's not their fault. It's not a bad thing and it's not indicting them. It's just sometimes they don't have the capacity to understand what you're going through at the time or that you can see the vision. Now let's go back to the little kid, right? So the little kid, I know everything's going to be okay. As long as we have love, give 100% of what you possibly can at the particular time. You don't, don't compare yourself to anyone, but just go. And so I knew at that time that my speaking career, which had already been uh, going, you know, for the last 29 years simultaneously with the salons. And then, uh, you know, um, I, I knew that that part, I mean, I was already in it and I was already doing it, but the podcast thing was a new thing. Um, the, the writing thing, I had done it. I had re- written my first book and released my first book. It was a bestseller in my family. <laughs> and, uh, but for me, I knew that everything was going to be okay. And I knew if I gave myself, gave it a hundred percent, then it wasn't going to be the plan. It wasn't like I was going to mark it out and be like, yeah, I'm going to do this, 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 and it's all going to work out. No, I'm still going to make a plan, but then I'm going to, like my wife says, go with the flow. So probably one of the most challenging things though, was that I had a situation where when I was speaking, especially with my family, um, some, some of my family didn't understand and, and that's okay. And I want you to realize that your dreams and the things that you're going to go through, be careful of who you share them with early on, because you want to make sure that they're rooted and grounded and that you know what is, you know, like what you believe in. And then you can share it with them. But before that, don't share it with them because it can kind of freak them out. And sometimes it can injure them because they are just, they're not, they're not against you. They're, they're just concerned for you. And a lot of people were concerned for me. Like, what are you going to do? Why are you going to take this 29-year career, 29 years, and you're going to 
walk away from it. And it brought me back to where we first started today is, you know, my pop, like, you know, people were probably asking him the exact same thing. And although my story is different than my dad's than my pops, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's been a really cool scenario. Now, when I say cool, it hasn't been all roses. It's not all roses, you know? I mean, it, it, it's just like anything when you're building it. No one understands, like no one gets excited about the foundation of something um, unless they can see the finished product. And even if they can see the finished product, you give them a rendering of it, they, a lot of times they don't believe in it or they can't see it or they don't have the vision for it. Um, but for me, you know, I've been, I've learned, um, through being a bonehead that sometimes taking people to the foundation of the thing and getting so excited about it, showing them sometimes it kind of freaks them out and they don't understand. And when I say that, like when I started the podcast and I said, you know, everyone was like, you got to get this niche and you got to do this and you got to do that. You got to do that. I was like, ah, I don't, it doesn't feel right. And what feels right is to, you know, talk to real people about who they are as opposed to what they do. And we went about that and people said, you have to only have a show this long and it's got to be like this and it's got to be like that. And I said, ah, it doesn't feel right. I want it to be signature. And because of all of you listening and some of you who aren't listening or some of you who aren't watching, um, it's okay. Um, I had the plan. And we've been able to pivot as we've gone along. And so the byproduct of the plan is generally going to be the thing that works out the best and is going to be the greatest thing. And it's not going to be the profound thing. That's the thing that my wife told me is it's not going to be profound. Um, it's going to be the thing that is simple and the thing that is true and the thing that um, is authentic, right? And um, the part of that is the tough part, right? Because you don't have, uh, you know, this, this road map, this exact plan. Because I could tell you this, I, every time that I've seen someone try and um, walk down someone else's path, I mean, there are systems. I'm a systems guy. I, I built our, our company on systems. And, and there are replicatable things that you can do over and over again. But make sure that when you're doing those things that, that you keep your heart inside of them because if not what happens is you start to love the system and manage the people and that's where I failed hugely at times and so as we conclude today what I, I and I hope that unscripted was for Wayne uh, Freeman you know who you are I love you um, I hope that Unscripted today it takes you into a little bit of the, the mindset, right? The mindset or the, I, I'd say the, you know, like people are like all about mindset, all about mindset. But I think that not enough people work on heart set and heart set is not something that you can quantify. Heart set is not something that you could do five things and then your heart's going to be okay. It's just got to be, you know, there's, there are things you can be grateful, right? Grateful, my wife said, is that uh, you realize that what you have is enough. Um, you can be grateful you can write things down so you remember them. Um, but I can tell you this, if you fall in love with those systems and think that those systems are going to bring you the heart set, it doesn't happen that way. You just have to be present. Um, you have to be present in that moment and enjoy that moment. And, um, you know, and when I say you have to, I, I'm not giving you advice here. What I want 
every person out there to, to realize is that what you're going through, no one really understands unless they're going through the exact same thing, which they, that would mean that they were you. So they don't understand. So there are going to be things that you do and steps that you take that people don't understand. This doesn't mean that you don't go out and get counsel and that you don't have advisors and that you don't take advice, but it means that sometimes you ease up on yourself and realize that your plan is probably not going to work out and that's okay. It's completely, completely, completely okay. But like my mom said, everything's going to be okay as long as there's a ton of love, right? Tons and tons and tons of love and that you do the best that you possibly can on that day, in that moment. And when you do that, magic seems to happen all around you. So, uh, again, I want to thank you guys for watching. I want to thank you for listening. If you're watching on YouTube right now, make sure you subscribe and share it with somebody. Uh, if you're watching on uh, Apple uh, or you're listening on Apple, throw a rating in there. That would be awesome. If you're watching on Spotify, make sure that you click the link down on your phone because it actually goes to video also. And uh, I want you to check out all our sponsors. Um, do that. Uh, I love you guys. I love this project. It has been my absolute honor. Um, and so at the end of every show, I ask everyone to give advice to my kids. And what the advice I would give to Maddox and McKenna today is honestly like make a ton of friends. Make a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of friends. Be kind to them. Like contribute to all of them. And stay really, really curious in your life because the plans that you have As, as much as I want to teach you about discipline and about goals and about achieving, Maddox and McKenna, I want you to realize that all of your plans most likely won't work out. But if you learn to be able to adapt to the things that happen and the changes in the plan and the mess that comes around the plan, then you'll be able to decipher what your message will be. Have a wonderful day, and I'm officially off the hot seat.